Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Train, Eat, Repeat. Andrea is here with me. Hey, everyone. I mean, she's kind of always here, but <laughs> I feel like Where an introduction was needed. <laughs> well, we need to add your name to the introduction. Oh, well, that's okay. Here's your host, Andrea Sage, <laughs> and Tyler Ferrand. So welcome on in, guys. We hope you're having a great week. Hope you tuned in to episode 90. Hopefully you know a little bit more than you didn't know before. If you don't get that joke, then you just have to look at the last podcast, episode 90. You don't know what you don't know. And if you're new, welcome. Yeah, if you're new, welcome on in, guys. Um, this is the podcast to have readily available action items that you can take at home or wherever you're at um, to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, And this podcast um, in particular, this episode in particular, is really going to focus in on people who are in their later stages or in their midlife to later stages of life. The aging community. Absolutely. I would say anybody that's like 50 plus. Mm -hmm. um, But I do think too that what you'll notice is that a lot of the recommendations also would uh, coincide or, or relate to people at any age, mm-hmm. really. It's always good to start the habits now. So that way, when you are in that considered aging community, that age range, you don't have to backpedal and, uh, and hope for the best. Well, because your health outcomes are an accumulation of your lifestyle mm-hmm. habits, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's the diff- like a lot of times people will chalk up and I've talked about this in the past weeks on social media, um, which you guys can follow us on Facebook and Instagram um, for some more content. But the thing is, is well, so many times people chalk up like they call them age related givens, you know, aches and pains, um, certain ailments that causes them to go on medications so like type two diabetes. They'll, they'll chalk it up to genetics. Um, and granted, there, there, there may be a genetic component to it. You may be predisposed to develop those ailments. Like I have heart disease on my side of the family, right? Um, pretty prevalent. But then again, it's your lifestyle habits that exasperate or bring those aging feelings up sooner. Mm-hmm. And and if you are experiencing some of those things and you're not in that age range, uh, there are different things that you can do to make those those symptoms go away. It's not a number you're like, oh, I'm a year older, so bring on the aches and pains kind of thing. That's That's not normal. And one way to look at it is like the reason why we felt this was so pertinent to bring up is that as you enter into you know your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, there are some age-related, um, you know, I said there aren't any, but there are some things that are happening inside the body that naturally happen, right? Um, our cells start to die off as we get older. Um, you know, we stop being able to. Uh, we lose a percentage of muscle mass every year after 35. Like these things will happen no matter what, but what we're trying to do with our habits is to slow that process down as best we can and not succumb to, um, you know, quote unquote lifestyle uh, diseases because the goal is really to lit, not just to live a long life. That would be your lifespan, right? How long you're on this planet earth. But we also want you to have a good health span, which is how well you live. Um, and something that's near and dear to my heart, the whole reason why I coach is my grandfather did had, I would say, like not the longest lifespan ever, but he didn't have a good health span towards the end of his life. And so many of your decisions that you take do right now, if you are in your 50s or if you're in your 30s or your 40s like we are, um, 
they will accumulate. It's like stock market, right? Mm -hmm. If you continuously invest money into a healthy stock market, over time, you will then retire with bountiful amount of money that you can uh, utilize. If you don't, and your habits are all over the map, and sometimes you you put money in the stock market, and, and then you'll take months off, or you invested in the wrong stock option, or you didn't look at the long game, right? Maybe you're somebody who likes to gamble, and you think, I need to do it quickly. It's going to be that way with your health, too. So consistently uh, taking these practices or habits to mind, um, if you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s, can dramatically not just turn around your health, but ensure that your health stays robust throughout the remainder of your life. So one of the first things that um, we'll look at is really what you do have in control. So we talked about, you know, some of the factors that you can't control. Well, we can't control genetics, right? I can't control my upbringing or family history. I talked about my family's history with heart disease. Um, your upbringing could also be to uh, preconceived notions that you have. Oh, so, for sure. If if you have, like, for instance, your heart disease or um, there's diabetes in my family or, you know, whatever that ailment is, you've some people succumb to the fact that that's inevitable that you're going to get it. Or, or even a preconceived notion that what you eat, what you've been eating this whole time is healthy. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. What okay, are you talking well, about? I had potato and I had corn and I had I had my my piece of meat on my plate and I always finished my plate because well, that's what I was what told. Our, yeah, this is what our parents fed us. So this right. was considered healthy in our household. And I think a lot more people are open now to learn about what a healthy plate looks like and that... Uh, different things aren't considered are not looked at as a health food like corn or mashed potatoes, you know, and having more whole foods and less processed foods. You know, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go to Panera and eat because I know it's, it's a better meal. Yes, it's a better meal than McDonald's, but you also have to look at what you're getting from there as well. For sure. It's not just the food itself, but it's also the quality of that food as well. Mm -hmm. Now, so let's talk about a few things that are more specific considerations that people need to take into account for in those later stages in life. So the first one would be hydration. Absolutely. Um, you, as you age, you have to start drinking more water as you age in the sense because you're, you're going to become dehydrated faster. A lot of times you're on different medications that are like beta blockers for blood pressure and those type of things. Those are diuretics. So you're losing more water. And as we get more, um, uh, less mobile in our, in our older years, you're not moving around as much. So you're not drinking as enough water. So you're not realizing that you're not drinking enough as well. And dehydration, you know, it kind of sneaks up on you. Um, by the time you feel like you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Um, and obviously there's some ways that you can tell if you are dehydrated, you can look at your urine color. So essentially when you go to the bathroom, what should be in the toilet should be the color of like a straw essentially. So kind of a, a pale, real pale, like white to like yellow is typically hydrated. The further you go towards like bright yellow and, and or brown, the more dehydrated that you are. You should never wait till you're thirsty to drink something. Thirst is actually the last symptom of dehydration. It's actually hunger's the first 
symptom mm. of dehydration. Your body's looking to put some kind of water back into your into yourself. So you're looking for something to put in and it triggers a hunger cue instead of a thirst cue. Which may be the reason why people overeat. Absolutely. That's why we always try and say, you know, drink a certain amount of water throughout the day. Make sure you're drinking water before you sit down for your meal. So the standard that everyone has heard is eight glasses. But if you're 65 and older, you want to increase that by one more glass. And that sounds fine, but how do you do that? You know, you, you can tell someone to do this, but how do mm-hmm. they do that? And so you have to let that you have to understand that coffee and tea is considered that part of that consumption, but you have to understand that coffee and tea are a little bit of a diuretic as well. So if you're drinking one to two cups of coffee, you're okay. If you're drinking more than that, you need to add in more water. Yeah, and we don't want to say like coffee's bad, tea is no. bad. Like no. there are numerous studies that show three to five cups of black coffee every day is good for cognition, good for brain health, um, good for performance as well. Um, but again, getting most of your fluids from water um, is going to be the best way to do it. And, and and how do you do that, right? It's one thing to say it. Well, we've gone through numerous um practices with our clients. It yeah, just we've depends. talked about, you know, drinking a glass of water upon waking, drinking a glass of water before you sit down before each meal, drinking a glass of water in the afternoon. I always tell everyone on your way to work, make sure you drink your full water on your way to work. Fill up. That's one. That's usually probably a good two glasses in that water bottle. And you fill up once you get to work. Make sure you f- you drink the whole thing before lunchtime. That's typically four glasses of water. And then after lunch, make sure you drink one more before you go home. That's uh, six glasses Mm -hmm. of water. And then when you come home, you're going to drink one more glass before you sit down for dinner and then make sure you have a glass before you go to bed. Because what you're also doing too, by having them around your meals or with your meals, is that you are trying to figure out if that signal that was getting sent to you is hunger or if it's thirst. And again, that's that's how people overeat. And you can get a lot of waters from fruits and vegetables, cucumbers, watermelons, mm-hmm. those type of things. However, you shouldn't count that as, well, I didn't drink a lot of water, so I'm going to eat some fruit. That That's great, but still drink your water. But well, and, and the reason why this is so important, um, besides the fact we don't want you to be dehydrated and pass out, is that it's going to worsen constipation. So if you are having issues going to the bathroom, it very well could be because you're not getting enough water. Absolutely. You have to think, and this is the analogy that always comes up to my mind, is when you think of a water slide and you turn the water off, you're stuck on the slide, right? So you need water to make sure things are moving through your body. And women, this is water is essential to our skin. It helps us uh, look full and through our skin. It helps our wrinkles not to get so set in. Also, it increases risk of bladder infection and kidney injury, um, thickens mucus and lungs. Uh, it can aggravate asthma or lung conditions. So if, especially if you've been dealing with, with asthma or if you've had COVID, uh, long COVID yes. symptoms, like hydration is going to be really important for you um, and reduces mental performance. You would not believe what a glass of water can do f- just for your cognition and not feeling foggy brained. Mm-hmm. And that's reason, one reason why, like, I love having water first thing in the morning. Because think about it, if you're 
fasting from food for eight hours, you're also fasting you're from water. You're waking in a dehydrated state. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting that water to, or two glasses of water before you even go and grab the coffee, which I know is hard, especially for Andrea, because she <laughs> loves coffee so much. But grab that water. And if you can even take it a step further and putting either some apple cider vinegar in there, um, you can put a couple cracks of sea salt. You can wedge. use a, new, a lemon wedge, a noon tablet, mm-hmm. just something to get some more electrolytes mm-hmm. or create a better pH balance inside mm-hmm. of your water. Um, those are just little added things that you can put in there. But I always believe that however you start your day is how your day is going to go. So if you start your day at least a little bit hydrated, you can be at somewhat of a deficit and not get too much into trouble. But grabbing that glass of water or having a couple with each meal is a great way is that for that reminder. And um, I want you guys to know that dehydration, uh, you had mentioned mental um, incognition. Um, a lot of times in the elderly community, and I'm talking older than 65, a lot of times UTIs show up as um, confusion, uh, brain fog, disorientation. And so it's played off that it's not a UTI. And that's another sign of the dehydration that you're going through. And another thing that can cause some of those symptoms, um, you know, you'll, you'll have people that, one of the things people say about the aging community is that their their brain and their cognition starts to go right. They they constantly are forgetting things. And was reading up how this sixty eight year old like he hit eighty years old, and all of a sudden things started to go downhill. He wasn't eating as much. But when they did his blood work, he was very low in B vitamins. Mm. And so as soon as they started supplementing B vitamins, came right back. everything came yep. right back. Yep. And so if he had taken that as a given that oh, it's just aging and that's what's going to happen rather than looking at possibly the underlying cause, right, which is always what we want to do, then there's that opportunity to sort of reverse some of the symptoms. And I'm using that as an example. I'm not saying that every individual you know that's dealing with that. But again, that's why going to a doctor or a functional medicine doctor would be even better and getting your blood work done but then talking to somebody who can put together an action plan to get those nutrients back into your system. And it's it's a great way to make sure that you're taking the right vitamins and minerals because there are a lot of minerals that we don't get in our foods anymore. There's a lot of vitamins that we can get, but you're never going to um, – it's always great to supplement with a multivitamin and a good multivitamin. And as we age, our increase in some of these vitamins increase as well. Um, you have to have a little bit of more of each of these vitamins to make sure that we're not getting deficient in some of these things. Yeah. So what are some of the the major considerations we need to look out for? So you want to make sure vitamin A, uh, vitamin B6 and 12, you had mentioned that previously. Vitamin C, of course, always vitamin C. And not just for the immune system, but for wound health as well. Um, As we age, if we fall, if we break something, if you open up a cut, you'll realize that when babies get cut, they heal overnight. And as we age, we don't heal as fast as they do anymore. Our regeneration, our turnover is not as quick. So the vitamin C helps with that wound um, healing as well. Vitamin D, of course, uh, vitamin E, K. Um, now we're getting into the, the minerals, biotin, um, calcium, iodine, iron, magnesium, potassium, selenium, and zinc. And I do want to tell you there's a superfood that is an almost that has almost all of these, and it's sweet potatoes. They have vitamin A, vitamin B6, uh, vitamin C, uh, vitamin E, 
Uh, let's see. I'm looking at my list here. Biotin. Uh, they have high amounts of potassium, and then of course also zinc. And and, and, and that across the board, yeah. the foods that we constantly promote your whole food, mostly plant based mm-hmm. and some animal based products, mm-hmm. are the ones that are going to have all of these nutrients in there, which we always advocate getting the majority of your nutrients through food. Mm -hmm. There just are times where you may be nutrient deficient. We've talked about vitamin D deficiency. Um, Zinc deficiency is actually pretty common in older people. Um, It can depress appetite, which is also why somebody might start losing weight as they start to age. Um, It can blunt your sense of taste um, and it basically makes eating less enjoyable. So, um, and in more times than not, it's not just the aging process, but the medications you're on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, They're recommending taking between 8 and 11 milligrams of zinc a day, um, and that's from oysters, mussels, meat, pumpkin seeds, beans, peas, and lentils. Um, So again, looking at those specific nutrients um, and what foods you can eat. So if you're looking for more iron, uh, organ meats, red meats, clams, oysters, beans, lentils, uh, cooked dark leafy greens are a good one for that. Broccoli is always a good one for that. Broccoli is a great one for that. Or look at selenium. You have two Brazilian nuts, just two Brazilian nuts, and you've met your equivalent for the day for selenium. And they're delicious too. So that also helps. Um, and then in terms of like your, your macronutrients, like your protein, your carbs and your fats, protein especially becomes important as you get older. So you actually do need to consume more protein or an extra palm size serving of protein at each meal or throughout the day. It ends up being five servings instead of three, um, for good aging. And like you had said before, we start to lose muscle mass as we age, mm-hmm. specifically at age 35, um, especially for men. You typically lose, uh, it's an ounce every couple. You lose a, a 1% pretty much every year. 1% every year. So as we age, it, it's it's going to, no matter, it's, it's harder and harder to put muscle mass on. So the more protein you eat, the easier it'll be to keep that muscle mass. And it's never too late to start focusing on protein in your meals. And as we said, like you said before, always focus on whole foods, you know, getting the lean meats in there, getting maybe plant-based protein, tofu, um, uh, all of the vegetables and a non-starchy uh, vegetables as well, like sweet potatoes, fruits and vegetables, um, berries are great. And these things help pair together as well. If you're eating berries, it's going to help you uh, slow down the inflammation rate in your body. So that way arthritis isn't as rampant as it would be. And and how much are we talking in talking in terms of grams, then also in terms of palms? So like if you weigh 150 pounds, uh, you're supposed to be getting around 1 to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Now, I'm not expecting you to do the math, but if you're 150 pounds, that's about 80 to 100 grams of protein per day or four to five palm-sized servings of protein-dense foods per day. Um, And to Andrea's point, those whole foods are going to be putting a precedence, but you also can use supplementation too. Um, A high-quality whey or vegan protein, just make sure it has a full amino acid complex, including leucine. Um, around 2.5 grams, you know, you can get 30 grams of easy digesting protein in really quickly. So especially if you're someone that deals with um, uh, medications that cause like appetite suppressant or you're you're losing weight and need a little bit more protein but don't necessarily want to eat a whole meal, you could easily take that from a supplement form. So common symptoms that you might have if you are deficient in your protein is you're fatigued, 
you're weak, you're thinning hair, brittle nails, and dry skin. So you want to make sure that you're not getting to that point. So increasing that protein intake at each meal is a great opportunity to make sure that you're making, you're getting the protein that you need. And then in terms of your carbohydrates, basically just ensuring that we're getting quality carbohydrates, which we mentioned a few in terms of sweet potatoes. We could talk about fruit. We could talk about any vegetable, really, uh, some, some of your whole grains. You want to get around 25 grams. I would even argue maybe a little bit higher, around 30 grams of fiber per day because it does help with those bodily functions um, in terms of digestion. It's also going to help you feel fuller longer, too. So if you do have an issue where you're maybe eating a little bit too much, Absolutely. And fiber, you have to think of fiber helps you get the waste out. So mm -hmm. it attaches itself to all those things that need to be released from the body. And we're not just talking about going to the bathroom, any toxins that are in your body. It helps, fiber helps to attach onto those and take them with them and to get them out of your body. It's so important for fiber. Like some of the top options that have the most grams of um, fiber per cup Black beans, lentils, raspberries, bran flakes, sweet potato with the skin. Make sure you eat the skin. Eating the skin and the sweet potato, which Andrea hates, um, actually has extra magnesium in it too, which is also another thing that people are deficient in. Sweet potatoes is a superfood. Yeah. I'm pulling for sweet potato. I, I love sweet potatoes. It's I ate one everything. last night. It's got everything Superfood on my plate. Uh, peas, pears, quinoa, whole wheat spaghetti, apple with the skin. I don't know why you would eat an apple without the skin. It's delicious. Um, broccoli, which we've talked about, oatmeal and prunes, um, all things that you can add into that diet. And those are things that are high fiber, but they're do double for you. So like apple has the fiber in there, but it's also got vitamin A. Uh, sweet potatoes, I read off all the vitamins that are in there. So you're getting the double, the double value there for like broccoli. It's got iron in it as well. Mm -hmm. So the one thing you take away from... Uh, the carbohydrates is that don't fear them, number one, and notice how the majority of them are not processed carbohydrates. We're not talking about white floured carbohydrates. We're not talking about pastas and right. rice. And I mean, quinoa is on the list because it does have iron in it as well. We're talking about whole foods. Yeah. And the reason why you'd want to stay away from anything that says enriched flour or, um, you know, it just says wheat, not whole wheat, meaning it's at the whole grain is that that very much can spike insulin response, which then can lead to things like type 2 diabetes or even Alzheimer's, which is now being called type 3 right. diabetes because they've now directly correlated a link between insulin resistance and Alzheimer's. So again, and, and you have to be more careful of it because you're more susceptible, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then fats. Fats are a huge one. And this is something we don't need to be afraid of. Again, with the carbohydrates, we don't need to be afraid of our fats. Because it greatly helps with inflammation control. Um, we just have to make sure that we're getting the right types of fats. So the ones we're going to reduce are our trans fats, which, again, are going to be mostly in your processed foods, your fried foods. Um, you want to have moderate saturated fats like your animal fats. So, again, looking at, as Dr. Hyman says, looking at meat as sort of your kind of meat. Um, majority of your plate is vegetables healthy cupped hand of starches, and then maybe a, a thumb or two of healthy fats. It could be avocado. It could be nuts and seeds. Um, it could be olive oil, those type of things. And trying to avoid, which are in most processed foods, your bad omega-6s. So there's good omega-6s and there's bad omega-6s. The bad omega-6s are going to be in your corn and soybean oil. If you look at any processed product 
I almost guarantee you it will have a corn starch corn. or corn oil or soybean oil component to it. Corn is not a vegetable. It's not. <laughs> Andrew's got a little stickler it's about a crusade. <laughs> um, but what we do want to eat are healthy omega sixes like extra virgin olive oil, avocado, omega three fats from foods like sardines, mackerel, salmon, herring, anchovies, flax, chia, hemp seeds, and walnuts. That was a long one. Yeah, walnuts are great. Walnuts are great to put on top of your oatmeal, to put in your salads um, or in your smoothies, anything. it's They're great to add those omega-3s in. And you're going to aim for about three servings of those fats per day. Now, yeah, again, that's specific. Right. And the reason why it's a thumb size is that fats carry more calories per gram than protein and carbohydrates. So even though it's smaller, you're still getting a pretty big caloric load, which is also a good thing, though. Like we just made a nut bread the other day for a snack, and it is chock full of nuts and and eggs and seeds and olive oil, all these good things. And it's delicious, which also helps. But it's so filling. Mm -hmm. Because there's, it's so calorically dense, but also nutrition dense. It's one of those uh, awesome combinations where it's not a huge caloric bomb with no nutrition. Right. It has both of those merriments right. in there. So those would be like the big things. Um, if you're considering making some changes to your diet and you are in that aging population, and again, even if you aren't and you haven't considered some of these things, um, the first step I would do is that if you're feeling any of these conditions – Go get your blood tested. Go get a full panel and see what possibly you're deficient in from a nutrient perspective. Then get a coach. You don't have to talk to us, but get a coach to discuss and find out how you can start to make changes inside of your diet in order to start feeling better. Again, aging is not a it's, it's not, not an excuse. Sentence. It's not a death sentence no, at all. It's not. Age is but a number, and we've seen enough clients, like comparing a 65-year-old and a 65-year-old, and they couldn't be any more different. It's apples to oranges, and it's all based on how their upbringing or how they took it, how much they've invested in themselves before they've gotten to that 65. It's been an accumulation of lifestyle factors for X amount of years, and typically it's more than five. It's because things don't just appear overnight. It's a matter of those habits that you continuously do. However, what that means, though, is that you have to be willing to be open-minded about making smarter choices. And it's not too late to start making these changes and invest in yourself. Your body will thank you for that down the road. Absolutely. So you guys have questions at all. I know that's very brief and we obviously didn't cover everything that you should take into consideration. We didn't talk about extra movement, what that movement looks like and what your exercise looks like as you age. Maybe we can cover that on our next podcast. Um, But if you guys do have questions, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Please make sure that you leave a rating on the iTunes app and leave a review while you're there. And if you think this podcast will help someone, send it over to them. Absolutely. Sharing is caring. (laughs) So you guys enjoy your day and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.